Hey, what's going on, Spence? It's Ventura for that podcast, back with the tasty vibes, the good food, and the righteous waves. Doing everything we can to bring you that continued connectivity of the 805 vibes, talking to our local people, bringing up those local events, and sharing that stoke that we love so much. And we are here with uh, Sheriff Bill Ayub. Sheriff Ayub, good morning. How are you? Good morning. I'm doing just fantastic. How are I'm, you doing? I'm uh, doing wonderfully. I'll speak for Spencer, too. Now, we know this is an ultimately busy time for you. And for people to get really a, a look at what you have going on right now, you're not only a running contested for the office of sheriff, you're doing the job of sheriff. This must be a very, very intense period for you. It is tough. You know, the job of sheriff um, is very complex. It, it demands 60 to 70 hours a week, uh, absent emergencies going on. And so trying to fill in every gap with campaigning really, really tests your mettle and uh, and is, has been a challenge. I'm looking at your website here, aub4sheriff.com. Promises made, promises kept. That's your that's your uh, positioning statement for running and uh, reflecting on the work you have done. Give us an overview of the things you're proud of and what makes uh, Ventura County a safe county, especially when you come to law enforcement. Thank you. Well, when I, when I set out to run for sheriff the first time, there were things I wanted to focus on. I wanted to improve our agency's equipment and training. I wanted to focus on uh, leveraging technology uh, to make us more efficient to allow us to apply resources in a better way to save dollars. I, I wanted to focus on the homeless crisis, on the drug crisis in the community. We see fentanyl and, and overdose deaths, deaths spiking. And despite all the challenges that we had, the borderline um, incident that happened just 25 hours before I took office, the global pandemic, the major wildfires that we've had, the political division that's taxed um, our resources, um, the the, the uh, hiring difficulties that we've had because of COVID, because of having to cancel an academy class. Despite those things, we've still accomplished many things toward those goals that I originally set out to do. Some are in mid-process, mid but we've had a, an incredible period of prosperity despite those environmental challenges. Yeah, you were here with Sheriff Will Ayub today with the Sheriff Showed on the podcast to learn more about the two candidates going off in this 2022 sheriff race between Jim Fryhop and Sheriff Ayub. And Sheriff, how long have you currently been the sheriff for Ventura County? Would you mind just giving me a little bit of your experience real briefly to let our listeners know as you're bringing this? As we know, the incumbent, Officer Fryhoff, has been the chief of police in Thousand Oaks and also Ojai. Please bring a little of your experience that you bring into the county. So I've been the sheriff for the past three and a half years. I actually took office a little bit early when Jeff Dean left office on November 9th. His term ran through uh, the, the first week of January. So I was appointed to fill the balance of his term. And I'm about three and a half years in, into my term now. Um, I'm a 37, nearly 37-year law enforcement veteran. I started uh, right, right here in uh, Santa Paula as a police cadet right out of high school. I became a reserve police officer, a dispatcher, ultimately a full-time police officer in Port Wainemi. I went to Las Vegas, was a police officer for four years, and I came back to the sheriff's office in 1996 uh, as an entry-level deputy sheriff. I had no advantages over, over anyone else, and I climbed through the ranks working in investigations, working as a SWAT team leader, as an academy instructor, uh, every facet of administration, and you know investigations at, in, in every capacity, in narcotics, in general property uh, investigations, in sexual assault, major fraud, major fraud and forgery, homicide. 
And I have uh, uh, just a depth of experience that, and um, you know, including experience at the executive level and command level for a number of years that really prepared me for the position. Thankful to have the, the relationships and support of the previous sheriffs that is really instrumental in, in uh, difficult decision making and, and uh, you know, having those relationships to bounce ideas off of is really invaluable. Sheriff, when you look at uh, different leadership styles, we have heard from Mr. Fryhoff that it seems he wants the sheriff to be out front. He wants the sheriff to be maybe known as, as a leader. You seem to have more of, I, I don't want to use the wrong word for you, but a subdued style and maybe a, a behind-the-scenes style guiding people. Could you give us an idea of the contention between the way you think it should be in order uh, and should be run and what you uh, think your opponent will be bringing to the game. So, so look, we, we have a very large organization, nearly 1,300 employees, close to 1,000 volunteers. Uh, I, I do believe in, in uh, leadership from the front, but I also believe in developing employees and, and placing trust in employees to execute my vision in the community. We, we have multiple buildings um, distributed throughout the county. It's, it's impractical for the, sh the sheriff or leader of a, an agency this size to touch all of, its all of his employees, his or her employees, uh, in, in a timely, um, uh, comprehensive way. I, I do that when I can, but the, the duties of, of the sheriff are, are, are immense, especially over the last few years with COVID and the, the, the um, relationships that we've had to form and, and, and foster during that period of time to, to create public policy and, and to lead the county in, uh, in an effective way. The sheriff has much more responsibility than just leading the men and women of the agency as a community leader, and I've got 850-some thousand people I'm accountable to. And, and to touch on that briefly, to get more detail within this race, it's I've heard you say a quote in the community about how when good leadership is there, the sheriff isn't always in front. It was a, a public speaker, I think, at a meeting where also said, you know, I haven't seen you very much. I don't really know you too well, which is totally okay. And then uh, Officer Fryhoff has mentioned that might be because you're not being present in the community. Would you mind addressing real quick how he's going out in the public saying that statement that you haven't been available for the people and the approach that you take within that attitude? You know, I think that's a political soundbite. Um, I, I have some some really well-established relationships throughout the community. I'm active in the nonprofit sector. I present to community groups regularly uh, when we can get together and when when, uh, when when the opportunity presents itself. I'm active with the State Sheriff's Association, with the major county sheriffs of America, uh, taking Ventura County's voice to Sacramento and to Washington, D.C. There are many other facets of, of being the, the sheriff and being an, an effective community leader than, than simply being uh, in the community, talking with members of the public, meeting with staff, and so forth. Those things are important, but there are many other things that require my attention as well. If you look at rank and file, who's supporting who, you know, everybody has their, their list of uh, contributors and a list of uh, people who are supporting them. Uh, you see yard signs everywhere. We see your signs all over the place. How do you feel about the support from, from the officers uh, within, within, you know, the sheriff's department and the people that you do? Uh, there's some 1,300 people that you do have command over. What's your feedback from them? Happy with, um, with your job and your, your support? 
you know, there's always people that are unhappy mm-hmm. with decisions that are made. There's when you're in a top leadership position, there's there's criticism. You know, I, I would have done things different if I was the boss. And I, I said the same thing when I was within the ranks, um, but ultimately respecting my leadership and following directions and and the vision of, of the agency head. Uh, so that so there are always people who are unhappy and, and detractors. Um, the val- the importance of support from within the agency is you can't be can't be overstated. It's very valuable. Um, you you want people to buy into their leadership to to follow um, directives that are given, even in, especially in difficult times where um, you know we're we're challenged. And so I, I value that. I feel I, I have a very good support. My opponent has labor unions. Um, we've we've talked about that before. Um, but that's not representative of the larger body. They do represent them on issues of collective bargaining and and um, uh, protection in the disciplinary process and so forth. But our, we, you know, we have 1,300 employees. They're uh, they're all individuals and they think for themselves. And I think they know how much support I've given, how much I care about them, how um, I, I've worked hard to create an environment where they have the best equipment, top-notch training, and the support to be successful in doing their job in the community leadership and that's what it's about being the sheriff of a county of this size and uh, the conversation again i think leads back to why officer fryhoff has said he's chosen to run for sheriff and sheriff ayub if you can please maybe give me a little understanding about this situation that's been described in our community where officer fryhoff came to leadership in the last few months or maybe six months ago having ideas about how the department could become better how we can improve things and to our understanding that was falling on deaf ears to the testimony of Officer Fryhoff when he went to leadership. And he was told, if you don't like the way things are, change them and run for office. So our question is, did he come to you with these ideas of fluid change in leadership, and how were those received by you? So short answer, no. I, I've heard no ideas from, from uh, Mr. Fryhoff on changing leadership. Uh, I believe he's referring to one of my assistant sheriffs in the comment that you just stated. Um, I. Yeah, I, I welcome I, ideas. We've we've improved avenues for employees to communicate with top leadership um, in, in, a, in a variety of formats. I I've heard nothing from them. Interesting. And and so I have heard that that soundbite though on on uh, you know from him on his campaign trail, and um, it, it rings hollow with me because it, it it wasn't with me. It was perhaps with somebody you know under my command. With that being said, Sheriff, do you feel that you have an open door policy? Have you been a leader as this sheriff? Have you been available to your five agencies in the five cities? Do you feel that you have had that complete open door policy where they could come to you with any concerns or ways to improve your department? A- absolutely. I, I meet with my, and there's some exceptions, but I, we, I meet with my command staff every week. And it's a roundtable discussion. It's not intended to be a briefing for me or for them per se, but it's a sharing of information. If there are ideas on improving the process, that's a venue for those to be proffered and to be discussed and considered. And I haven't heard those. Sure. Every week we meet. And what I want to hear now, too, moving forward with this conversation, thank you so much again, <laughs> Sheriff A.U., for your time on this Ventura Forward podcast, helping with some of our sponsors at Ventura uh, Real Estate Company and the Ventura Music Hall and some of our f- proud sponsors in the future. Thank you so much for the time. Let's talk about what you want to do in the future. We talked about promises kept. And Spence, you've got a few questions from here as well. But can you please tell us a little bit things in the future that you have now recognized as sheriff in these unique abilities, these unique situations that are in Ventura, Simi Valley, and all of our unique cities? And how have you learned to grow to be a better sheriff moving forward? 
I think there's there's ways to, um, and, and we've implemented those, ways to communicate with the public better, to tell our story. Something I did following the, the social unrest uh, in the wake of the George Floyd death was to create um, transparency dashboards, public-facing information where those, those people who are interested can go to the sheriff's uh, website and review data on use of force, review data on our, our uh, stops in the community, who we're detaining, whether there's uh, a disparate way in which we're enforcing the law or contacting members of the public, on uh, crime data. Uh, so, so leveraging that technology in a way that we can communicate with the public uh, at the public's convenience and in real time, I think is really important. We've expanded our social media communications. I, I want to really continue focusing on, on that piece of telling our story. Also, as it translates into recruitment, we're, we're challenged with recruitment like everybody, uh, in, in certainly in Ventura County and across the state, uh, finding people that can afford to live here, that are willing to be subjected to the growing scrutiny and challenges uh, that the job has. And we want to bring those people to our agency to serve our community professionally and with integrity. On that note, one of the issues that we have here is it's a rewarding job, certainly, being a, a police officer. It's also a decent paying job for the most part. You know, you see the benefits and you see the retirement options and the possibilities. But it seems now, especially maybe with a lot of the youth and the influence that they're getting uh, from the news, umbrella news, and let's uh, bring in a lot of celebrity news and things like that. And I, I will say straight up, I've got kids and they ask me challenging questions. I have a 14-year-old and a 19-year-old. When you look at recruiting and also reassuring the, run, uh, the youngsters that all cops aren't bad, you know, this seems to be a huge challenge for policing these days to tell the kids, one, cops do essential work to a community, and also they're good people with family too. You know, they, they have people in this community. How do we reach out to the kids to make sure they know, is it going to schools? We talked uh, with Mr. Fryhoff about bicycle patrols, uh, equestrian patrols, foot patrols, things where instead of saying, hey, there goes a cop, you say, hey, there goes Bill Ayoub. How do we make the face of the police officer in Ventura County more common so we might know a first name? You know, I think we've gotten much better uh, about that over the years. We, we have a number of community events where uh, our employees can interact with members of the public when there's not a crisis taking place. Generally, when the police show up, something bad happened. You, you've, you're a victim of something. You've been hurt in some way. Uh, somebody, you know, you, you're, you've done something wrong and the, and the police are there for enforcement. There's some kind, of, some kind of negative association. So we look for those opportunities to have a positive association with our employees. Uh, we, we've had Coppers and Choppers event where we invite people to our area and we bring out our resources and we interact with the public. We, we engage in Shop with a Cop where we uh, take needy children and, and raise funds for them so that they can have a Christmas. Uh, we have coffee with the with the chief and coffee with the cops in different communities, so we can engage and talk about issues that are important. We we have SROs in the school, school resource officers in the schools. I fought to keep them there after the George Floyd's in incident when when activists were talking about a you know a school to prison pipeline, and the SROs were the conduit to that. And that that's not the case. It was it, you know the SROs serve a valuable protective role at the schools, but also form relationships with our young people that could foment into you know, future careers 
and uh, you know, and just a greater understanding of, of who we are and how we do things. And talking about punishment, a lot of uh, the citizens are frustrated when they hear somebody commits a crime, then they do little of the time. Is that a relationship that you have to have directly with the DA, law enforcement, uh, to make sure? Because for me, uh, doing the crime and getting the punishment, but once you're being punished, another thing that's essential, it seems within the prison system, is once the person gets out, that they've been given some kind of rehabilitation, some kind of improvement on their life. So they don't say, hey, I'm out. What else can I do? I'm going to go back to crime. So the recidivism of that. What is your relationship with the DA? Is it, do you think the prosecutions are, are good? Are they strong? Are we putting people in for the crimes they're committing? Are we letting them out too early? What do you see on the street? Well, you know, we're challenged with legislative changes. The, the district attorney in Ventura County has historically been tough on crime. Uh, I, I think that's still the case. We see neighboring counties where we have different public policies, and those policies are driving crime in Ventura County because they have a literal revolving door where people that offend are not being held uh, in custody. They're not being uh, kept from the community to uh, keep the community safe. They're coming to Ventura County and, and committing crimes. Fortunately, these are mostly property crimes. Uh, we don't see the violence that, that we see in the larger metropolitan areas, but um, crimes occurring in Ventura County, one crime is too many, and it's important that we, we stay on top of those. So, so to answer your question, yes, the relationship with the district attorney is key. Uh, I'm, I'm thankful to have a, a strong relationship historically with our district attorneys, even currently, uh, to where I can pick up the phone and express my concerns about issues and have them, hear, have them heard. Really good getting to understand and know uh, Sheriff Bill Ayub here again with Ventura Forward Podcast. Uh, I just take a deep breath here because there's so many fun questions. I shouldn't say fun, serious and very important questions that are on the tip of people's minds. And Sheriff, so thank you for taking the time again. Let's go into a few 10 questions that I wrote down that can be said a little more fun, a little more personable. So maybe take five, 10 sentences, something quick and easy that we can get to know you a little bit better. Uh, the first one on that list is, uh, what did you have for breakfast this morning? Ha. Well, um, let me think about that for a moment. <laughs> I had instant oats my wife made for me the night before. That was my, my breakfast as I ran out the door for a board meeting. Doesn't that show you how much of a hurry we're in when you had <laughs> instant oats that were made the night before? Yes. It's like yelling at the microwave to cook faster. Instant oats, okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. uh, where did you happen to grow up? Yeah, I was born and raised in Ventura, and uh, and and I uh, grew up here. Went to public schools, Buena High School, class of 1985. Go Bulldogs! 1985. That gets into my next question: Was what high school did you graduate from? So thank you, include that. Sometimes mm -hmm. it's a little different from where you grew up to what high school you graduate. Kind of connects those first years of your childhood. That was in Ventura on the east side here with Buena. Um, question number four is: When you go to a Los Angeles Dodgers game, what section do you prefer to sit in? And when you do go to a game, you go to the snack bar, what do you bring back to the snack bar to your seat? Well, I love Loge. Lo Loge, I think, is the best view of the game. I, I mean, I've had some great seats in the field level. Mm -hmm. I've baked in the sun during day games. I've learned, I've learned my lessons there. Um, but, I, I, you know, I, I've never had season tickets. I always, uh, I always look for seats in Loge. I think those are the sure. best view of the game. Not too far back, though, because you get that overhang that, that limits yeah. your view of, of, of pop-ups. Uh, but I uh, Dodger dogs. I mean that. You know, you're bringing you back go two, to Dodger Stadium. You said pl plural dogs, yes. two dogs. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You don't yeah. go for one Dodger dog. You go really? for at least two. And I and I usually take a you know a, a small loan out on my home to to pay for those things. <laughs> what As it goes. What, what condiments do you put on the dog? 
Uh, mustard and relish. Okay. okay mustard and relish. relish. Uh, I'm a big fan of between home and third, Dodger side, Loge. That's a, that's a great seat. Yes. That's a really, really good view. Uh, thank you, Sheriff, for that answer. I appreciate that. i got a few more questions as we go down my little list here, of course. So thank you for your time. The next one is going to be, what political party are you registered as? I'm a registered Republican. Registered Republican? Yes, sir. Thank you so much. And I like this question right here. What is one unique characteristic trait or something that's really cool about you that the voters might not have heard about yet? Well, gosh, um, let's see. You know, something that's sort of unique about me is I didn't start with, with the Ventura Sheriff's Office. I worked in other places and in a community where um, law enforcement was not really held in high regard. And we had some really challenging crime issues there. Having that experience, I, I initially thought, well, that's a weakness. You know, I, I've been to these other places. I, I was unsettled. I couldn't make up my mind. But in reality, what it's given me is, the, is a pers perspective of appreciation for what we have here. And the, the gift that we have of being in front of crime and the ability to have the support and resources to apply to those lower level crimes that many other communities just can't do. That's what keeps Ventura County so safe. And, and uh, it's something I really value and appreciate. Great. Thanks for sharing that. Appreciate that. Bill, what age and when do you remember first serving the community in any capacity as a volunteer, the first age or the first time of a job that you remember being involved in the community? Well, you know, I was thinking about this. Uh, I, the term public servant always comes up when you talk about government employees. And, and I think I think it's uh, public servants is something different. I, I mean, government service certainly is part of it. But I think giving back to the community through volunteerism is, is a part of being a public servant, and I really value that. And I was thinking back to when, when, when I started, I was a Cub Scout. Mm -hmm. And so single digits, and I remember serving uh, chicken dinners at the Elks Lodge in downtown Ventura to help raise money for, for causes. Okay. And, and uh, pretty much my entire life I've been uh, volunteering, and, and those are some of my best memories, you know, giving back. Um, it, you know, a gift of your time, I think, is the most valuable thing you can give. That's so cool to hear early, too. Leading into our first, our, my next question is, um, briefly, who, what person, individuals inspired you the most in your life? Well, I, I, I get that question about the job. Mm. And, and uh, I had a youth minister when I, when I was young, and, and uh, he was cool, and the, the, the ladies all liked him, and, and I, I really thought highly of him, just a kind man. And he became a deputy sheriff, and I was I was shocked because I, I thought police officers were these you know cold, steely people that nobody really knew. They just you know worked in the community, and and um, um, but you know I, I didn't know any, and and I didn't come from a line of of law enforcement officials in the family. And so, talking with my youth minister about his decision to become a deputy um, really inspired me to pursue a, a path in law enforcement. Interesting. Yeah. So I say he played probably one of the largest roles in that respect. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. Okay. When you go home right now today, what pets do you have at home? Do you have any pets at home? I I do. Uh, my wife is a dog trainer, so I don't know. Okay. I know we have three that uh, three dogs that she rescued from clients. <laughs> okay. Um, two little terriers and a, a very large Siberian Husky. Uh, but there's very likely going to be our our daughter's dogs and perhaps a client or two. 
at the house. Oh, they got like a house of revolving dogs. That might, might be a code violation. I'm not sure. So I, I, I you know, well, we I'm not swearing to that. <laughs> no, we looked at the animal list. I think you're fine on that one. Yeah, I think you're good. No ferrets. As long as there's no, no ferrets. ferrets. Uh, Bill, I'd like to continue here with some law enforcement issues that are, are more on the side of mental health and drugs. And May is Mental Health Month, Awareness Month, and we have a lot of great people in the community working. Uh, there was uh, a coffee uh, with uh, what is, it, is it coffee with a badge. We had a caller in mm -hmm. in the morning, Maya's Maya, and yep. uh, she's great. And uh, police officers get together with people, and it's such a nice way to have uh, there at a table, have a cup of coffee, ask an officer a question. With mental health issues, it's something that's right in front of us, but we don't. You know, I say a criminal, arrest him, throw him in jail. Somebody with a mental health issue, I, do, I don't know what to do. I don't know what the answer is. So under your administration, what are you doing to help train your police officers to recognize mental health issues when it comes to homeless in general? How are we looking at that by way of law enforcement? That's a great question, and it's a huge topic. Um, one of the reasons it was one of my focus priorities when I first took office, uh, the, the homeless, homeless population uh, is largely mentally ill. The, the inmate population in our county jails, it, uh, nearly half take psychotropic medication, mm. indicating some form of mental illness. Many others are very likely untreated. We have about 14% of our inmate population that are seriously mentally ill. These are individuals that should be institutionalized. Uh, unfortunately, there is no, no institutions for them, and so they wind up in county jail. We have to be better at caring for them. We've we implemented several programs to improve their behavior in custody through offering uh, tiered um, incentive programs, uh, incentive programs to entice them to bathe or to, to, to take their uh, breakfast or medication uh, or, or certainly to, to behave well in, in custody. And we've seen uh, after, since implementing that program, we call it our therapeutic inmate management program, a decline in self-destructive behavior, a uh, reduction in use of force incidents, uh, a reduction in assaults, and therefore fewer charges being leveled upon those members of the community mm. that are mentally ill, and they're therefore reducing recidivism. And then working closely with our behavioral health department to ensure a warm handoff in the community to make sure there's resources and support for those people so that they don't reoffend when they return to the community. We just added a stepping up coordinator and some additional mental health uh, service providers in our jail system. To, to help uh, deal with that segment of the population. On the patrol side, as well as our dispatch and our, and our uh, civilian jail population of, em of employees, we have crisis intervention team training. We've been doing this for well over 20 years. It includes principles of de-escalation and interacting with people in crisis, whether it's drug-induced or, or uh, uh, some sort of organic uh, uh, illness that leads to that that mental crisis. Uh, but since that implementation, we've seen uh, dramatic declines in citizen complaints against employees, use of force incidents, injuries to our staff and to members of the public. Just a wonderful program that I, I completely support and, and uh, have worked to expand. How is this funded? Uh, it's funded, it's been partially funded from behavioral health and from some grant funding. So it's not it, one of our problems is when you look at silos of where money comes mm -hmm. from. It, it seems to me there would be police for operations and patrol cars. There would be, you know, for weapons, for everything. And then where do you find the money for mental health? You know, money is a big deal. Even in California, which apparently has a, a large stash of cash somewhere, wouldn't it be great if, if we could 
you know, pull this in and use it. I think the number one thing, and then the number two thing, mental health is such a big issue here. It's not the old days where we had Camarillo State Hospital and facilities. Uh, this is a real puzzler for a lot of us as citizens. And doing the work I've done in the community, one of my jobs was security at concerts, there was things you always were worried about, drugs, alcohol, and somebody who seemed like they had mental health issues. Because as a guy trying to guide somebody, there's no logic. There's no conversation. I was not trained for that. So hopefully that training is coming to the police. It, it is, and, and um, it's, been, it's been fully supported by previous sheriffs. I, I support it wholeheartedly. I was a psychology major in school, and so I have you know, a, a deeper interest in it than, than most probably. And, and it's, a, it's a huge issue. It, to your point, we, we don't have those institutions. We have to be better prepared, better equipped, better trained to interface with that segment of the population. And if we look at drugs, and, you know, I'm older, so I've went through a lot of, you know, I remember heroin, then speed, then cocaine, then meth. Now we have this fentanyl. And some of these drugs are instant death drugs. They, they can kill somebody who's ignorant, somebody who takes one bad, bad choice. What are we doing about fentanyl? We had a bus that was announced by Rich Galano, the newsman on KVTA, saying that one bust was like 3,000 doses, something right. from one person. And it seems like the flow of this drug, to us as citizens, it seems unstoppable. What would you do and continue to do to stop this? I think we're challenged, well, we're, we're unquestionably challenged with fentanyl in the United States. It is uh, incredibly destructive. We see it in every community, every every aspect of our socioeconomic life, um, college kids, soccer moms. I mean, you you name it. There's people that get caught up in, in it. It's incredibly addictive. Um, to your point, we have carfentanil now that is also um, even more potent and, and more deadly than fentanyl. And we see it manufactured in super labs in Mexico. It's synthetic, so you don't have a growing season. You have the ability to, to churn out mass quantities. Uh, we, we make larger and larger seizures of these drugs, yet we still see a, an ample supply in the communities. We have to focus more on the prevention side. We need our schools, our faith-based community, uh, community uh, organizations to, to be aware and to be engaged in the prevention side to, to help kill that demand. As long as that demand's there, we're, I think we're always going to see a supply. Yeah, and fentanyl, homelessness, as you said, the whole nation. Get that hyper-focus from a sheriff in the county of Ventura. Sleeping in the river bottom in the Santa Clara River and the Ventura River has become a haven for this over hundreds of years that we know in Hobo Jungle. Now Santa Clara River has become this hot spot. Do you find in a one or two answer here acceptable for people to live in the rivers? You know, I, I don't, but, but here's, here's the challenge. We have a, a growing homeless population. We saw a 25% increase in our point-in-time count this past year over the previous point-in-time count. The, there's been a, a concerted effort by cities to clean up their homeless population in the city so they don't impact tourism, so that they don't impact uh, bit the business environment and so forth. And it, it yeah. without the resources to compel that segment of the population into, they, they go where they're left alone, and very often it's hiding in the bushes. Sure. And that's why 50 years ago, when I was a young man growing up in Ventura, we had a hobo jungle. It's the, the coastal areas have always been havens for the homeless community because of the moderate climate and a little more accepting um, nature of the people that live in those communities. 
a few questions I get though from concerned citizens is living in the river bottom is one thing, right? Being out of sight, out of mind. But now our local nonprofits are going in there and giving out services in the form of food, good food, uh, usable materials. And so it's very interesting to me that we're now almost promoting a life in the river bottom. We've built in River Haven, which is in the river bank. And so moving forward, do you see this as something that we can continue to do or maybe mil build more of these institutions? Camarillo State Hospital, maybe spread out some of this love throughout the community because as the homeless numbers came out, 750 plus in the city of Ventura, yeah. 600 plus in Oxnard, when more park in Simi Valley are almost at single to double digits. That transparency in our county, can you please touch on that a little bit about how we can disperse that discrepancy that exists? You know, I mentioned the, the homeless population is, is lar largely suffers from some form of mental illness. Many are service resistant either because they you know, it's an easy lifestyle for them. Uh, they, to your point, they get plenty of resources, and and it's it's a comfortable way to to exist. Uh, they they can come, you know, go here and go there at their will. And for some, the the freedom of being able to do that is desirable. Uh, for for most others, they're chronically drug, alcohol dependent, and have coexisting mental health concerns that are either exacerbated or 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 brought on by that that drug dependence. And I, I really believe we need more, more facilities to allow for, uh, for us to be um, active on the enforcement side to keep people that are in the homeless community from camping on sidewalks, from uh, invading business communities, from impacting neighborhoods, uh, but also met the mental health piece. I really believe we need a lower bar for compelled mental health care uh, and, and facilities to accommodate that. I, I just see this segment of the population continuing to grow, and without that, we are going to be really hamstrung to make meaningful impacts on that community. So wrapping it up, speak directly to the voting population out there, and uh, why should they get your vote? Well, I, I, you know, I talk about having a, a strong record to stand on, and one of my slogans, promises made, promises kept, I encourage anyone interested in the race to, to look at the information. Look at my positions on issues, which I, I boldly state on my website. Look at the things that I set out to do when I first ran for office and, and the list of accomplishments that I've had um, during my, my term in office. We have a very short period of time, but the accomplishments are, I mean, kind of speak to one of the most prosperous periods we've had in the agency in, in, in my years of service here. Uh, that's what I that's what I bring to bear uh, by staying in office. I'm I'm honest, ethical, and and dedicated to the law enforcement profession. That's that's the way I lead. That's the way I I, I run the organization. Um, I I have relationships established from state sheriffs across the state and nation uh, that are already in place. I'm an elected officer of the state sheriffs association and the major county sheriffs of America. That gives Ventura a louder voice in Sacramento and Washington. These things are all valuable for our community. My opponent has, you know, ideas and says he's going to do certain things, but he has no record to stand on and, and nothing to to really show the voters other than some statements. And so I I, I would submit to you that experience, uh, a record of keeping crime low of of honorably and ethically running the organization, of being fiscally responsible is what the voters should look for, and I would humbly request their vote. 
Thank you so much, current Sheriff Will AU, for taking your time to meet with Ventura Ford and this Sheriff Showdown 2022 of the podcast to bring the Ventura County listeners a point of view that they might not get from yard signs, from newspaper articles, and your website. You took the time and energy to come in for your busy schedule. I want to thank you from Spencer and from Tom for your time today. Thank you so much. Thank you, gentlemen. Thank you, Sheriff. Thank you, Spence, again for the microphone. I'm so privileged to talk about episodes five and six for Ventura Forward's podcast. You're going to hear both of these recordings we're talking about at the end of episode five and six, because that's how fair and transparent we wanted to be, Spence. That's right. And we had both. Oh, fuck. Okay. So uh, uh, if we say you're hearing, because the way, Go ahead. is this the intro or is this the outro? I think, we're gonna, I think this is the outro. The outro. Yeah. Okay, cool. So we, we would be saying thank you for what you heard. Please listen to both. Because my only concern is, somebody, oh, I'm going to listen to the Fryhoff one. But I, I want to stress that we want to see equal listenings between both. So sure. if we say closing it out, and we really appreciate you listening to both candidates, that's the point. Thank you. Right, here we go. Three, two, one. Wow, what a robust conversations we just had with both Sheriff Will Ayub and also candidate for Ventura County Sheriff Jim Fryhoff in these special episodes five and six with Ventura Forward, bringing two different podcasts, trying to be transparent and giving the information that we need to help voters find the way that they want to vote for their sheriff. And we really appreciate the fact that you listen to both conversations. Don't just pick the candidate you like. Please listen to both because you, you could get turned. Both were very eloquent and very open to all of our questions, and we do appreciate that. Once again, as Spencer said, Bill Ayub, Jim Fryhoff in studio with us. Now we have those two podcasts on Ventura Forward. Remarkable, Spencer. Let's do it, Spencer. And they're here again, and we feel so special to be here to have this Ventura Vibes attitude. For some of our beginner listeners, yes, we started off with a quick little name. We taught Ventura Vibes because we were a little ahead of ourselves, right, Spence, having fun. And we found that other great people in the community had already used that name because we're all sharing that vibe. And as we say, our personal frothing at the stoke. And so if you're wondering what our name is, we're going to move forward with an attitude we've created called Ventura Forward. Yes, in any capacity, you can use your goods and your special services and talents to help move Ventura forward. And that's what we're here to do, to share that information with events, personalities, individuals, businesses. We're really here to help share your story and promote the community. That's what we're doing, and that's what we would like to hear from you, too. If you have suggestions, hit us up, and we'll talk to the folks in the community that you would like to be exposed. We love to hit music. We like to hit local activities, politics, too. Uh, we'll reach out to anyone about anything in this great community. And two of our great sponsors have already jumped in with Ventura for We're going to give a big shout-out to the Ventura Music Hall, located on Thompson Boulevard, bringing in great acts from all over the world to the 805. Please check out their social media stuff. If you have questions, ask us up. And we're giving away tickets to all their shows in the upcoming. So DM us, message us, and fast that up. And then also the Ventura Real Estate Company. Thanks for your sponsor. Let's get a little for more episodes coming forward. This is 5 and 6. We're going to roll them out every week. So download that podcast, like it, comment, and we'll look forward to seeing you out there in the stove. Let's go, Spence.